gentlemen boys and girls do not mess with your television set i am not matt craig but you are in the right place this is two noobs talking with the great but never late john tracy i am steve murray filling in for matt craig john how are you feeling today what's up steve how are you i'm doing well man thanks this is episode 39 yeah well dwight howard in in the house Dwight Howard. I was going uh, Dominator was the first name. Yeah, Dominic Hashik. Greatest, greatest floppy goaltender ever. <laughs> he's done Patrick Law. Yeah, he's slinky great. for a sponsor. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I think the the American in Canada, Dougie Waite, was also a 39. Yes, Dougie Waite, one of my favorite players of all time. Like, literal favorite players of all time. Dude could play all over the place. Good right winger, good centerman. Liked them on the Oilers more than the Blues, but hey, you know. Islanders too, wasn't it? Or is that? Uh... I think so. Probably. I mean, he was on every blue team. So <laughs> <laughs> he was never on a red team, I don't think. Hmm. Yeah, we, can, yeah. we can leave that. To, we, Matt, research that for us, by the way. We miss you. Research that yeah. for us. Whatever vacation you're on, you look that up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, get into it. Okay. Well, since I'm filming in for Matt, and uh, he's a big slide guy. I felt obligated to throw a couple of slides together for you. And this, this I think, will get you a little fired up so we can get into I mean, our, our conversation today. Um, you know, you, you and Matt have been hitting pretty heavy the last couple of weeks. What with the 242-page uh, the report from the, was it the New York Bar Association? Yes, the New York Bar Association. Yeah, so you've been, you've been hitting that pretty hard. We're going we're gonna to go a little bit. A little bit lighter today, not uh, not too light, but uh, a little bit. Um, but I wanted to share some data with you. That, okay, we have two noobs data apparently. Two noobs data. I I, put, I did you a favor and put you, put the logo up there. Oh, I appreciate that. So, all right. Where'd you get that? That's copyrighted. <laughs> Fair use. No. <laughs> well, since I'm using it on your program, I figured I'd have permission. Totally. So. You know, we've been dealing with COVID for the last year and a half. Uh, and I think this is an interesting slide right here. This this is the relative anxiety level uh, regarding the COVID-19 virus. And what I've done here on the x-axis is that's the political spectrum. So you start from the far left, you go across all the way to the far right. This is genius. <laughs> and then the y, the y-axis is, you know, the, the anxiety level. And what you want to be in is kind of right in the middle there, you know, not too high, not too low, not too low. But I think when you when you plot the data, uh, you know, the farther left you get, the more anxiety. It's like the I call it the simian flu from the rise of the planet of the apes or the Crippen virus from uh, <clears throat> what was that Will Smith movie? Um, I am legend. Oh, yeah. yeah world, great movie, by the way. Great world, movie. world killers. Okay, that's the kind of anxiety level you see the farther left you get on the spectrum, the farther right, you get to the spectrum, you know, COVID-19 is treated more like a fart. Um, you know, so it's, uh, it's true. So now what's what's interesting is, is, you know, we tie this to, we can look at Donald Trump. And the, oh, the, everybody's favorite, every, everybody's favorite president, right? Here. Everybody's favorite president. And so the, the, this graph, it's the, the x axis is the same. 
So political spectrum, far left, far right, and in the middle. Um, and what I've plotted here, and that you're going to see how similar this looks to the last graph. Um, this is this is uh, how people feel about uh, Trump as a religious figure. And so when you look to the far to the far right, <clears throat> you know the farther right you go, the more Donald Trump is viewed as God, uh, the Almighty. Uh, and the farther left. <laughs> And the farther left you go, the more he's viewed as Satan walking here on earth. So it's it's literally I mean, the same graph just flipped around. I mean, you you know me well enough. You've listened to enough episodes. You've been a part of enough episodes that Hillary should be the Satan. I'm not saying that Trump should be the God. Trump should be in the middle somewhere being a nitwit. But Satan is already taken by the political figure of Hillary Clinton. Well, so. what I'm saying here is this is how he's viewed. As yes, he's totally viewed that way, but I'm just, I'm putting a stamp on Hillary Clinton needs to be, she's Satan as a political view. Well, well, you know what, let's talk about the current president, President Biden. Oh, wow. That's so, so here, even what a, we have is even normal axis here. <laughs> so what we have here is, is the X axis is number of words spoken by President Biden. Wow. Um, and you're going to see the Y axis is the amount of sense made. Yes. And uh, this is, you know, it's exponential decay. Um, I'm just sorry to say. Uh, <laughs> so starting with one word, you know, it's yes. Backwards no. Hunter Biden's Coke use, to be honest, because <laughs> it goes up. Well, we'll see what happens here is if you're if you start near the, the left side there, you know, that's like one word. So yes, no, maybe that kind of answer that can make a lot of sense. But the kind of sort of come on, man. Come on, man's a big one. Yeah, come on, man. That gets them off the. That gets them off the. You know, pedestal. That's right. Now let's let's take the same kind of graph here with Andrew Cuomo. Oh, geez. Okay, but but instead of sense made, we're talking about credibility, and it just it starts negative and just. Ends here's negative. here's my problem. There, where did the nipple rings come in? The nipple rings. Yeah, he has nipple rings when he wears his like silk shirts to his press conference. You totally see his barbells hanging out. And he doesn't cover them up. So then I give him a little bit more credibility because he's got barbells. Or give him less think credibility that would, because why would you wear barbells as a governor to a press conference? I think that would take the credibility level down to an even lower Okay, standard. makes sense. But, you know, we're starting negative anyway. So it's, Yeah, it's, I know. He's, he's now, a piece of garbage. Now, people did tell me this would make more sense if I showed it as a log scale, but I really don't see what the, you know, the issue is. Cuomo's brain. <laughs> the <laughs> the ability for New Yorkers to move out makes sense. Makes sense. That dude is a douche noodle. All right. Well, let's let's get out of the politics. Let's just get back to COVID a little bit. This is my. This is you know one of the things I've actually not had a problem with this whole time is is social distancing. You mean I, I don't have to stand shoulder to shoulder with people anymore? Yeah, I don't like people, so I don't mind that. But you know, there does come a point where that becomes a problem. So here, you know, we're talking about a store, <clears throat> the bottom axis there, space between customers in line. So how far you have to stay away from a customer in a in a line to go to a cash register or something. And on the left, we measure customer happiness. And you'll see it's kind of a bell curve. Um you know, the you you start out pretty close. The happiness is low. The farther you get, you get happy. But then at a certain point, you're basically outside the store. And so you're probably unhappy, especially in the wintertime. Now the economy. 
This is funny. The economy just stays as a straight line if I forget to enter the data. Uh, another interesting fact here, the world around us. Did you realize that the population increases with the number of people? Yes. One to one. It's fascinating. Now, last, last slide here. A lot of people talked about how they were anticipating a COVID-19 baby boom. True. And it turned out it didn't happen. Yeah. But I think I know why. So down below, I have the age of the children that you are stuck in a household with 24 hours a day, seven days a week because of the COVID shutdowns. Yeah. Okay. And then on the left, we have the frequency of getting busy. And you'll see. It's pretty much. Very young children. It's a lot easier because they, you can put them to naps. They're trapped in a crib. No chance of accidental walk-ins. Once they tend to be walking age, can get out of a crib, get out of a room, walk around, that, that frequency yeah. drops to almost nil. But then at a certain point, I would say, you know, the down here, the curve starts to increase again. That's probably around age 25, because at that point, you want to get them out of the house. <laughs> so, the, so the older they get, the more frequent it's probably going to become just because you need to give them a reason to go. That's true. Very true. Very true. So with that, I think we can we can move ahead to uh, what we had planned to speak about. Oh, I absolutely. The, the, and thank you to Steve for making the first 10 minutes easy to edit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and good stuff, dude. Always, always. If, if you guys don't know anybody new listening, anybody that old listening that doesn't know Steve, Dr. IP on YouTube, great dude check out his episodes with two noobs we're collaborating all over the place with this man this man is a hilarious human being just so everybody if i could ever figure it out maybe i'll have one of you guys guest on uh, dr ip but that would gotta, be that would be great i gotta figure out how to work that in yeah, matt's a little closer so well that's <laughs> yeah that's true um all let's right so get, what yeah. yeah let's get into you know something interesting happened on friday uh there was a congressional hearing which had to do with, with releasing yeah releasing the report the ufo the report. report and if you want me to you want me to put the uh mm -hmm. the article up absolutely let's uh let's talk about this a little bit all right <clears throat> all right so this is from nbc news this is reporting uh about friday's congressional hearing how it went uh, titled UFO Report, Government Can't Explain 143 of 144 Mysterious Flying Objects Blames Limited Data. Sounds legit to pretty much everything that they do when they get together. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always blame to pass around and uh, they never accept it on their own. Um, the U.S. government can't explain 143 of the 144 cases of unidentified flying objects reported by military planes, not by crackpots in Nebraska who claim to have been anally probed, but actual military sightings. Yes. Uh, according Only to a highly anticipated- <laughs> Only military sightings, just so everybody knows. We're not like, we're not wearing our, our tinfoil hats sitting in here trying to put a podcast together. Like this is <laughs> legitimate military data. Correct. And um, just you know, for everybody out there at home, you know, when you say the word UFO or unidentified flying object, you know, we're kind of conditioned to think, oh, my God, alien. But I mean, 
it's in the name itself. If, if there's something flying and you can't identify it, it's an unidentified flying object. Yes. That is the whole, the whole concept of this is it it's everything in the air is identified in the commercial and military realm because air traffic control radar, everything's identified. So everything that flies on schedule is identified from as far as I know. I don't think I'm wrong on that. Unidentified is something in the air that is not planned. Weather balloon. You know, dude that takes his, you know, crop duster out a little higher than normal and not not planned. That's unidentified because he did not identify. He just, you know, had a couple brewskis and took it up. Your neighbor's drone spying on you in the backyard. Yeah, totally, totally unidentified flying object. So So let me ask you this. In in Texas, are you allowed to shoot those down if they fly over your property? um, Pretty much Texas can do whatever they want. Uh, The laws are getting to that point now. So, yeah, you can't. I mean, we're, we're, we're little more than a constitutional carry state at this point. Like, I think they're just like selling bazookas on the corner. Like it's ridiculous. Like, so so anyway, the the report was from was military reports mm-hmm. that uh, were unable to be explained. So the report released by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, which is meant- hilarious in itself, that there's intelligence in Washington, or yeah, that there's a director of national intelligence. <laughs> Uh, so that report, that report was meant to shed light on the mystery of those dozens of flying objects spotted from 2004 to 2021, but instead said it didn't have adequate data to put all but one of them into a category. And that one uh, <clears throat> UAP, which I don't see what UAP stands for here, but uh, on a, a unidentified aerial something or other, I think. I think it. Oh, oh I'm sorry. It is right phenomena. there. I yes. Should have kept reading. I was close. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, the one they were able to identify was a large deflating balloon, the report said. But they were unable to explain all the rest of them. John, was this expected? Did, it, did this go as you thought it would oh, when you first heard a report was going to be released? It's completely expected as they're not. Hey, you had probably the best words ever when we were talking to pre-production. Even if there is something, they're not going to tell us. It's just it's just the way it is. Like, we got to get used to that. Agreed. It's like, okay, are there, are there, is there life on another planet? Absolutely. Is it, are they walking around eating cheeseburgers and going to the mall? Like here, no. There, there's, there is something. Is it is it aliens trying to attack us? Is it aliens trying to figure it out? Maybe. But in reality, what the, what the, why is Congress even wasting their money doing this? This should be handled by other people, which we'll get into later. Um, yeah, it just I, I expect it literally that I when I heard that they were do they were doing a commission, they were doing a report. I literally, I didn't expect 143 out of 144. I think they're kind of messing with us there. Awfully precise. Because because I'm thinking 68 are deflated balloons. You know, weather balloons that are falling from, you know, they got they got the beakers on them. No pun intended for Facebook trash. 
Uh, they got the beakers on them. You know what I mean? Like I could see like, six, I, I don't even know why I said 68. It was just a number that I came up with, but I could see like a lot of them being deflated balloons. I could see drones. I could see a bunch of technology that isn't in the government realm. But the fact that they're like, they, they got the one, the one that is like purely confusing. I feel weird that they pushed all of them but one and be like, oh, one was a deflated, deflated balloon. I did. I, I, a special I, point of that. Like, it seems a little off to me. <laughs> well, you know, first of all, for, for them to say anything about it, you know, it brings me back to uh, Tommy Lee Jones, I think, said it in Men in Black when he's recruiting Will Smith's character. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, a person is smart, but people are dumb. And there yeah. were a couple other insulting adjectives in there. Which uh, I firmly agree with everything he said in that. I completely agree. I think even outside of alien existence, that's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, probably true. People are panicky. and You can't even have a burger conversation with people without someone wanting to pull a knife. Right, right. It's so weird. And, and you know, I, I'll give a, a Man of Steel reference too. Um, you know, Superman comes to Earth as a as a baby, and his parents are like, "The world's not ready <laughs> to know you exist." Yes, yeah. Uh, and, and the the world's not ready for for any of this. Um, the fact that 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 the government even touched on this makes me feel like they're scared. Yeah, that's interesting because you know the 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 the. The government line for years has always been to just deny, deny, deny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, Area 51. Ah, funny, you know. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying we know everything. I think the government knows way more than we do. I mean, that's that's simple. Like, they know way more than we do about existence on, on Earth with aliens. Not, we're not even talking about other planets. I'm just talking about existence here of, well, of alternate, alternate beings. I think they know a ton. We don't know anything. I'm sure we deal with it on a daily basis. You know, seeing and, and hearing these things in the news, it's funny that the government wanted to put it kind of in a nice little package. Makes me think that there's more to it than, than just unidentified flying objects well i mean the, that they're coming from military sightings i think is also important because you have not just putting aside the aliens for a second you know if if you know china or russia or you know one of those countries yeah. is testing stuff in our airspace and our guys are seeing it that needs to be reported and you know if if some of those 144 turn out to you know to but, be Chinese, um, you know, experimental drones or something, they're not going to tell us that. <laughs> no, no, they're not going to tell us that. But also, if they're accounting for them on a high level, which I think, at least from the past couple of administrations, they have been reporting on that. Like we see on CNN or or Fox News or all that. Like we know when they're launching a, miss a missile before they're launching a missile. So not, it's all identified. That's the funny part. Like. Coming from military paints that gray area that's important for critical thinking. Yeah. Like if you like, I I want to believe, I want to believe in all that, but I'm also not 
I'm not stupid enough to just jump in a box and be like, they're here. I'm going to get them. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think all free thinkers want it to happen. Right. It's just a matter of they need to be very, very careful. And I think that's what this report is about. Cause you can't just, you can't as a congressional hearing be like, yep, they're real. <laughs> you know the panic that would happen? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd panic. Yeah. You know I what think... I mean? Like I panic immediately. I mean, look, th- here's here's my philosophy on on if aliens were here. Um, because even Stephen Hawking was like, we should not be broadcasting our presence to the universe because it might not work out aliens, well <laughs> if aliens capable of space travel are here already okay they clearly based on what we know could not have come from inside this solar system yes they would have had to have come from somewhere else out in space yep the closest next star where we've discovered planets is four light years away yep at our current technology, it would take us something like 6,000 years to get there. Yep, okay. pretty, pretty much. So any alien civilization who's advanced enough to have the technology to get here across that void, yep. you're not going to get that leap in technology without leaps of other areas of technology, mm-hmm. like weaponry. Uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, no, I, no, yeah. I would I would like to think that perhaps if they are that capable of, you know, harvesting energy, they can make that trip, that they would have evolved to a point where it's like morally wrong to exterminate lower forms of life or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, you, you have to think that way. But just for, for people that are not understanding kind of what we're talking about, Okay, you know how your iPhone does really cool things? Steve's talking about an iPhone that literally gets up, makes breakfast, puts coffee on, wakes you up nicely. Puts you, it's like iRobot, pretty much. Like we're talking like, like something, like not the robot form, but we're talking about a being that would be literally us, but more. Um, could do everything more than we could do on a daily basis. I actually think if you want to make a comparison, let's uh, let's use an iPhone, even though I hate Apple. Yeah, I know. Uh, if you want to, if you want to say the alien technology is an iPhone, we are a rock. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Like uh, the iPhone now, right? Like to our iPhone is their iRobot. Like literally, they they like they don't even have a phone. They have a thing that moves. It's it's so far beyond, and I, I think it's in like we could go on days and days, but the technology, how technology has leaped from the seventies. Oh, absolutely! But to uh, let me, let me put it this way: to jump right. that, yeah, to jump Our, that. So to to you know most energy um, in in the world today is combustible you know, gasoline, mm-hmm. uh, natural gas, things that burn, which is your, your 
basically changing the state of matter to something else, mm -hmm. crispifying it, um, which is wasteful. It's inefficient. Um, you know, nuclear technology is probably the most efficient energy source that we are aware of. Absolutely. Is. But even that, I mean, you, you know, nuclear fission is you take a uranium atom and you fire a neutron at it and you split it into two smaller atoms and you release an incredible amount of energy. It's huge. Mm -hmm. But you have all this matter left over. Even that is inefficient. Mm -hmm. And we we can't even harness. I mean, we we have like fission reactors, but their their efficiency is is relative to how much is locked up in a uranium atom is is terrible. The only real good way we have to use it is in a nuclear weapon, yeah, uh, which well, we can't control. That's exactly you know, a, an alien civilization to get here has to be leaps beyond that technology. Exactly, exactly, and, and that's what bothers me. It's like. They could do that and get here. They probably have weaponry that's like, if they need our natural resources, well, okay, we can just get rid of these cockroaches down here on earth. And But yeah, that's, that's, that's the funny, that's the funny part about why I don't think, I don't think we're at that level of understanding any of that. And that's, that's where you kind of got to close the door. Like, is it, is it awesomely, it's like wanting to, it's like Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? You want to believe that that exists but does it to an extent probably i mean oh i absolutely uh, you know the I fact that congress believe. is talking about it scares the shit out of me well i thought it was interesting um there there had been a few congress people who attended a kind of a preview briefing mm -hmm. before what happened on friday um, and they walked out of it and their reaction was kind of like, yeah, this is kind of underwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> so. not, it's not what you wanted it to be. <laughs> right, right. All right, um, let's, but, move, let's move on to the, the reason that this is happening. All right. So this is a really good article just, to, just for people that are not understanding why this report was even put up. All right, so I believe you're referring to this New York Post article about the yep. infamous Tic Tac UFO seen by a Navy pilot, Yep. Uh, which apparently has now recently been spotted over England. Um, <clears throat> the UFO resembling a white Tic Tac spotted in 2004 by former U.S. Navy pilot commander David Fravor while on duty at the USS Nimitz is back. But this time it's floating over England. Pictures of the notorious UFO were snapped by Lucy Jane Castle from Hinckley in southwest Leicestershire, who managed to grab a snap of the unexplained object and posted it on a UFO hunter's Facebook page, um, which was found by the Daily Star. It was hovering for a while, and within the blink of an eye, it had gone. So now we're being uh, we're being watched by curiously strong. Oh wait, curiously strong mints is not Tic Tac. That's. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's Altoids. Um, It'll be a flying Altoid. You never know. So, so what? What do you make of this? I mean, this, I, I, this is bad. 2004. So I'm assuming yeah. this is kind of the first report that started the chain of 144 or whatever. But now it's back. That's kind of the crazy part about it. Like, so it's now being this. This it, it and it's funny. It's in the news right before 
I think this was like June 9th of this year. This article was uh, was produced. So it's uh, they're flooding us with a ton of UFO stuff just before, like you're talking like three weeks before the congressional report mm-hmm. that that this same exact sighting has been seen. I've seen it also. CNN's reported on it. Fox News has reported on it. A bunch of people have reported on you know, things that are making these things. And like, we don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. I just find it really peculiar that the, that the New York Post is putting this article out um, about a UFO hunter on a Facebook page that got the same photo that the Navy pilot did. I mean, are, are we... Are we at a point now where we're going to be kind of hunting down every lead when somebody sees something odd in the sky? I mean, it's actually moving back to the 70s, which is kind of funny because that's what was happening in the 70s. That there was investigative reporting into every UFO sighting. All of a sudden they disappeared for 20 years, but now all of a sudden they're back. That's a little weird. I would say. A little weird. I would say it's a little weird. Um, Thank God if we move on to our next slide, we could just stay on stay on it and move to our next slide. Thank God there's some leadership in this. <laughs> so this article is from CNN Business. Uh, title is NASA is getting serious about UFOs. NASA's new chief is setting up an effort to further study unidentified flying objects within his first month in office. Uh, this is Bill Nelson, the former Florida senator and spaceflight veteran who told CNN Business's Rachel Crane during a wide-ranging interview that it's not clear to anyone, even in the upper echelons of the U.S. Space Agency, what the high-speed objects observed by Navy pilots are. Uh, Nelson added, he does not believe the UFOs are evidence of extraterrestrials visiting Earth. Uh, I think I would know if that were the case, Nelson said. I'm not sure why he's so confident in that, but uh, anyway. Seems a little weird. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's awfully um, yeah, that's awfully strong wording. Steve, I don't have a knife behind my back. I would know whether or not you had a knife behind your back. But I'm, but you know what I mean, like Steve, I don't have a knife behind my back. Right? Yeah. Why? Why am I so? You know what I mean? Why am I so making this motion and hiding this knife behind my back, but telling you I don't have it? But I don't. But you I mean, know what I mean? It sounds a lot like Raphael Palmero at the steroids, you know. A little, little bit. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Uh, I, 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 for one, am happy. I think NASA's looking into it. I think they are more qualified. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, to, to look into that kind of thing than. Say, Steve, can I ask you a quick question? What does yes. NASA stand for? The National Air and Space Administration? Something like that. Something but like they, that. They, they, they are in charge of space and air. Right. Like so where UFOs hang out. Right, exactly. That's kind of what I'm going for, right? Like, exactly. Kind of where UFOs are, they're kind of in charge of that. Right. Like, so, they're, a know, little bit more, they're a little bit more than the, the people that fly the planes. I would like them to get involved, please, because you 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 shoot things in the air all the time. I would right. like all these people to come together and figure and this shit out. NASA watches the sky, so it, it would make sense. I mean, from a from a def- national defense standpoint, obviously, national intelligence should be involved 
you know, to make sure we're not dealing with foreign enemies, yeah. but yes. Um, you know, to the extent that that's ruled out. Yeah. Pass it along to NASA. Let's see. Yeah. NASA I, might be able to figure out they shoot. Things. Took a course in college. This is, this is the search for life in the universe. This textbook right here. Nice. Okay. A whole, this is a fat textbook too. It's not like a skinny. <laughs> that's serious. <laughs> I mean, and it, you know, to, to be fair, this is, this is really about like examining kind of, you know, how stars form and planets and conditions that we know of for life. That's it's so it's sort of a, you know, it's not really, oh my God, aliens are out there, which I do believe they exist, but they're just probably so far out in space. We'll never know. Well, life in life in space is, is what we'll get into a little bit later, but life in space isn't not the human or not the, the, characterization of the human that that hollywood wants to show but there is life on other planets like we're already doing all that research oh certainly but we'll i mean it, you we'll know get into that intelligent life i think is, is yes yeah. you know what it's referring to so yeah but also if you're looking from them from us you might not be looking intelligent might we just might need to get rid of that <laughs> like, possibly back to your tommy lee jones quote like True, true, true. The person oh, here's is intelligent. A, here's another interesting uh, a thought. Um, and this, uh, the, I first heard about this on an X Files episode, um, but you know they they were pretty good in doing research, and I think this is a legitimate theory, which is if if aliens were going to be visiting us, the first they wouldn't come themselves initially. First, they would send robots. Yeah. Or machines. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Absolutely. It's a Star Wars thing of what the uh, the Sith Lord created the robots to then do the Order sixty six for the stormtroopers to come in. Right. He wanted to see what the what the he had control of everything, and what he wanted to do is he wanted to see how they would react once they started killing all them. Put Order sixty six in to wipe everybody out. Same concept. The, the aliens would use that same guy. We use that same concept in war. We do now. Yeah, but that's harder also, to do. That same concept. We use drones all day until we know exactly what's mapped out, and then we send fighter jets. Absolutely. We don't drop troops until we've annihilated fifty-five percent of what is there. That's in every mission. I think in the last fifteen years. Sure. Now they don't even drop troops until, you know, buildings have collapsed. And the aliens would do the exact same thing. You're you're absolutely right on the point. Yeah. Find out what's going on before you risk somebody's life. It's it's the art of war by Sun Tzu Tzu Chu. Literally, it's the first like seven pages of that book. Know your enemy. Like never would. I, if any, if everybody would run on that, they would they would see life in a different way. Aliens aren't going to come in and be like, "Hey, what's up?" Right, yeah. they'll probably end up getting shot. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not above that. <laughs> Shooting an alien. If you got it, if he's like got twelve eyes and seven legs, and runs up to me, I'm like, "What are you a, a, a nuclear gecko? What's going on?" Oof, that's harsh. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> I mean, we should draw that just to figure it out. All right, let's get out of here and and. All right. 
There we go. Yeah. Because so, well, yeah, aliens, man. Woo. So your first instinct would be to would be to shoot first and ask questions. No, 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 absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. I was just I was trying to be funny. Okay. I was literally trying to be funny. No, no, I would not. Um, I just don't think I don't think they exist on that level. Um, yet. I, again, I think they do, but it's just so far. But that's what I mean. Like, I don't think they exist in our realm. Oh, yet. in our realm, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, are they? Are I mean, this is this is going to be alien. This would be like Alien One One of John and Steve. Have they infiltrated our system? Probably. Um, have now we, who's got the tinfoil hat on? <laughs> have we absolutely not? I don't think we know anything about anything, and we'll get into that very, 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 very shortly because what we have is proof that we don't know anything about anything. Have they absolutely are they dangerous? I, I, I fear humans more than I fear aliens. Um, oh, I'm not going to lose sleep at night thinking that an alien's going to come and get me. No. Yeah. I mean, if he is, he is like, he's probably going to do it selfie and you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like it's you're like, going to live that life. That the body point. snatchers. But that's also everything in life. Like if you live your life in fear, we talk about COVID in the beginning. If you live your life in fear, then you're going to live your life in fear. Like I, I can't help it. You can't help it. We can sit here and talk about aliens all day and make fun of it. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not sleeping in my bed tonight being like, oh, I wonder if the alien's going to come get me. It's not, you know what I mean? I also don't, I'm also not sleeping in my bed going, oh, I'm really afraid of the heart attack. Oh, I'm really afraid of the lightning bolt that's going to hit the, I'm afraid of the truck that's going to run me over tomorrow. I'm afraid, you know, my wife's going to leave me. I'm afraid, like, I don't live in fear. You know what I mean? So if you live in fear, then, I mean, aliens are a bigger threat than people that don't live in fear. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are your, what are your top five alien movies? Uh, the second alien was great. The James Cameron one. Yes. I love James Cameron. Um, Predator one and two are two oh, and two. three. Two and three. Okay. Who was good? The New York City Danny Glover. It was L.A. It was L.A. Oh, it was L.A. I'm sorry. I thought it was New York City. Underrated. I the the my favorite part. My favorite part of that whole movie was when the 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 predator is being chased and he um, busts through this old lady's bathroom. Yes. Uh, And Danny Glover comes chasing after him, and he's like. He's like, oh, don't worry, you know, I'll get him or whatever. And she's like, I don't think he gives a shit. <laughs> so, <old> lady. <laughs> no, it's true. That's funny. No, I think that's totally Predator One is definitely two. Okay. Because that was, I mean, um, did you, oh, I love that. Did the MTV T-shirt Jesse Ventura oh, yeah. stepping out there? Oh, there's nothing more badass than that. I ain't got time to bleed. Yeah, and no, it, even when he was the governor of Minnesota. Like he wasn't any more badass than he was in that moment right there. I agree. And Arnold was in that movie. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, ton of governors just hanging out. That that was the the thing I loved about that Predator movie was like it's it's sort of a stalker film, but it, instead of you know it, it's, it totally it's, it's more single, frightening. It's single white female with an alien. <laughs> it's to no me joke. it's like no to me it's like it's like Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth except you're not chasing you know school age kids, you're chasing 
freaking badass Marines or, or special yeah. forces or whatever the hell they were. And they can't stop it. And it's like, it was oh. so, it was so weird. It's why I made the single white female reference. It's like, cause they got so close to them. Yeah. But didn't at the exact same time. Like it was almost like he, when they came out, of, I'm going to geek out right now about predator one. When they came out of the helicopter, they were bad ass. But when they met him, oh yeah, they weren't anymore. And that was, I think that was really cool about that. Uh, what was the cartoon one with Jack? Jack. Uh, Nicholson? Yeah. Cartoon? Yeah, it was- uh, the, about the, Mars Attacks? Yeah. That's five. Oh. <laughs> That's five. I don't think I have, like, I think that's all, I think it's all the alien movies I have, to you be honest. Four. You only have four. Yeah, I don't think I have five. Hmm. I don't really get, I mean, Men in Black is probably four. The original Men in Black. I hate the rest of them. I watch them all the time. But I don't, I, like, the first one, come on, with the, with the eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. blinked yeah. sideways. Yeah, yeah. And Jay was totally confused. That was, that was cool. I don't know, I, 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 I kind of. I liked the second one. I enjoyed the second one. I thought that was fun. I agree. I, agree. I think it was having good. having K get his memory back was good. But uh, no, that's a that's a pretty good list. I like that list. That's good. Uh, I probably would have thrown the original Alien up there somewhere. I uh, like it, but Alien Two was just. I just thought it was better. No, a lot of people think that. Yeah, it was just. Uh, not, I just thought it was better. Like I don't necessarily. Just, I'm what, just what saying about, in the top five. You give your top five. You probably got uh, an extensive top five. Uh, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers is is one I think I would put up there. Great that one. Was a really good one with uh, young Jeff Goldblum and Donald Sutherland. Uh, Aliens, which was second Alien. Uh, Alien, Predator. Good. After that, it gets tough. I mean, Independence Day, we totally both left that off the list. Yeah, Independence that's Day is a, fun. That's a good, but that's a good alien movie. It is. It is. That's fun. That probably a, hits fun my movie. six. Yeah. I know you were a big fan of it. You actually turned me on to it. I had oh, never it? seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. You turned me on to it. Back in the day, you turned me on to all the alien stuff, all, all the good alien movies. I didn't know anything until I met Steve. It was a long time. I met him when I was like 17 years old, by the way. We've been friends that long. Yeah, I was like 13. Yeah, so, we, yeah. we long time ago. It's been a long time. It has been. Well, since going, just getting back to the issue of, of aliens coming in, uh, in robot form, why don't we jump to uh, and tie that in with NASA, what NASA's <laughs> doing right now. Our rover? Oh, please, please explain this story. Before, oh, this before, is, so this even, is interesting. before you even put the screenshot up, please just explain the story and then we'll play the story, please. Because when you delivered this to me, it was great. <laughs> All right. So it was I'll, hilarious. I'll, I'll hold off for a second. So uh, I've when I was on, what was it? Episode, last time I was on with you and Matt. Yeah. Uh, which I think was episode 24 or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about space and we talked uh, about the rover. Yeah. Um, and that would have been, I think, back in March-ish. Yeah. The Flyers yeah. were still playing, which was a long time ago. So um, 
Yeah, and we had already done our R minutes article, so we 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 got to this point. Right. So okay. So in March, we're like, oh, the rover is on Mars. It's it's doing great things. It's awesome. Um. So then, you know, I'm doing pre-production for this show, just looking up some space news, and I I stumble on some articles that say, oh, well, the 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 Mars rover, the Perseverance, it's it's ready to start actually doing real work. Huh. Yep. And and I'm like. Been there it, for a year. It's been there. I don't know if it's been there a year, but it's been there an awful long time. Um, what's it the, had to go through some self checks, man. It needed needed <laughs> make sure that it was. So this right. is this yeah. is. I, I I think you got this from NASA. Yes. Right? Yes. Totally pulled it from the NASA website. NASA's Perseverance rover begins its first science campaign on Mars on June first. June first, Perseverance Mars rover kicked off the science phase of its mission by leaving the Octavia E. Butler landing site. So what, what apparently a name, by never, the way. yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that was someone important. Um, it reminds me of uh, a Spider-Man. Like, like that literally Octavia. like Dr. Ock, like that's what it like makes me feel like Dr. Ock, let him go. He's done with them. So, so okay. So now it's leaving the landing site. It hasn't left the landing site yet. No, nope. it's got wheels, right? Yeah. <laughs> Until recently, it's the article says the rover has been undergoing systems tests or commissioning and supporting the Ingenuity Mars helicopters month of flight tests. Okay. So wow. the rover's been on Mars checking itself out for forever forever since since episode 24 <laughs> or before because i'm pretty sure it landed oh, yeah, we're always like three weeks behind so <laughs> wow yeah okay well i i, I understand it's complicated machinery but i mean yeah, i don't i don't i don't know if it's that complicated machinery we're spending that long getting ready to to do our work so it seems a little weird well, okay. Well, okay. So as of June 1st, now it's, it's starting to do work. Um, one of the things I understand it's doing is um, it's going to be taking like soil samples or, or mm -hmm. whatever they call them up there uh, to look for signs yeah. of life. And by yes. life, again, we're, we mean microbial. Yes. Uh, we talk about uh, bacteria, you know, um, you know, things that live on the surface of your, your kitchen, don't freak out people that have OCD. Um, things do live um, among well, us. Well, so as Fungus I understand it, as I understand it, these samples that the Perseverance is taking at some point uh, in the future, when we get more trips to Mars, these samples will be brought back to Earth. Yeah. John, is that a good idea? That's a terrible idea. Um, no, seriously, that's a terrible idea. Like we do a lot of episodes about COVID-19. We're, we're, we're amongst a pandemic. Like the CDC has not stopped calling this a pandemic yet. That's a little concerning. We might want to get, you know, our microbiology <laughs> under control before, before bringing stuff. Like, because what if they don't have their microbiology? That's just my question. I mean, I don't mean to scare people, but I mean, when I when I initially heard it, I thought, well, what's the big deal? We brought stuff back from the moon, but 
was... you know, when you think about it, the moon, as far as our scientific understanding of the moon goes, uh, the moon has never had life on it. It's, you know, ever since, sure. you know, the, 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 the theory is that some objects sideswiped Earth four billion years ago, created the moon. It's been a dead rock as far as we know. It's never had an atmosphere. It's never had anything on it. We don't, I mean, there's, there's water, but that can just be deposited by comets. There's no evidence that the moon has ever had life on it. Mars, on the other hand, is a tiny it, bit different. It, it seems like it had an atmosphere a long time ago that blew off. There was water on Mars, um, but unlike the moon where it's just sort of scattered and kind of in weird places, <clears throat> it either, you know, the two theories are one, uh, it when the atmosphere went, it went with the atmosphere, or the more recent theory is that the water went underground. So that, you know, the, the Mars oceans may still be there, just hiding under the, the surface. Um, so Mars has had life and microbial life. And yeah, at one point. And microbes don't always get along. Yeah, at one know. point. And I think that what complicates it even more is when they, when they found out that bacteria was living on the outside of the International Space Station. Yes. For years. That that blew my mind when you told me that the other day. I didn't even know that. That that blew my mind that in quote unquote deep space as we get into this this uh, this our plans for the future, not our plans because we're not <laughs> we're not in charge of this at all. But our plans for the future, yeah, that's a little worrisome. Yeah, I mean, this this is we're not talking just for everybody's knowledge. We're not talking about like when they go, they take stuff up to the International Space Station and do tests on it in a lab, like you know, any of that stuff. No, no, that makes bacteria. Yeah, bacteria somehow found its way on the outside of the space station, which is exposed to the vacuum of space. Yes, which all the nasty radiation out there. Which we've learned that humans cannot survive (laughs) out there. Right, without you know a spacesuit. Yeah, didn't we see some of those movies? Did, did the Armageddon cover that? Didn't uh, a million other movies cover that? That you can't actually breathe out there, but yet bacteria lives there, and bacteria lives on your face. Not to freak OCD people out again. I'm really not trying to, but it it really does actually happen for my sanitizer. Yes, exactly. Steve's going to run through a shower after this, after I get done with it. <laughs> yeah, icky doing, things get on you. It is very monkish right now. <laughs> uh, but so, so you're, you're, you're of the opinion that bringing this stuff back is not. Is it's not a, a terrible good. idea. Um, bringing our dumbasses <laughs> there is a terrible idea at this point. Well, like, yeah, that's so I saw a program for people who are into this stuff who have who've actually been watching this whole episode and didn't turn it off because they don't like science. Um, you know, if you're if you like st- talking about space and aliens, you should watch on uh, Science Network. There's a show called How the Universe Works, and they get into yeah. all kinds of this stuff. <clears throat> and I, a very recent episode raised the question, you know, again, talking about morality um we're aliens to mars uh yes do sir. we have a duty to avoid bringing our microbes 
and our amoebas and, and pathogens to Mars yeah. and possibly harming whatever might be living there. Do we have a duty to avoid that? Yeah, 100% we do. Like I, I, it was funny. You, you hit me with that moral question in pre-production, and I think my answer is the same. Like, yeah. Like, why would we do that? Like, why would we? Like, that would be dumb. That's one of our favorite words in two noobs talking. When it's just a, like Cuomo, he's dumb. So we just, you know, it'd be dumb to fly to another planet and infect them with the shit that we can't even handle. It's a tough question. I mean, I you see the footage that, you know, when they have the rover, they're disinfecting it for days before they send it up. Um, but you, you kind of have to. Yeah. It's only 99.9% effective. It's like, it's like all your hand sanitizer stuff. <laughs> exactly. Something's well, you know. So let's, uh, let's break into this video before we get into our happy segment. This is going to be our last segment before our happy segment. We got a good one planned for you, but, uh, Let's get into this video of how we're going to Mars. We're gonna cut. We're gonna cut video. It's just gonna be. It's gonna just gonna be uh, this wonderful. As soon as this I learn this, this is from NASA, right? Yes. As soon as I learn how to play it, there we Between go. Between 1968 and 1972, America launched nine human missions to the moon six of which successfully touched down, allowing 12 men to walk on the lunar surface. NASA's next chapter of lunar exploration, called Artemis, has the task of not just going to the moon to create a long-term human presence on and around it, but also to prepare for ever more complex human missions to Mars. In short, everything we must be able to do here, we must first do here. So what will an Artemis mission look like? Everything is designed and tested with our most important element in mind, the astronauts. This is their deep space, human-rated spacecraft called Orion, built in three parts. The crew module, where up to four astronauts will live and work throughout the flight. The service module, with life support systems for the crew and its own engine and fuel reserves. And a launch abort system, with engines capable of pulling the crew module to safety during launch should anything go wrong. To accomplish the task of launching our crew and heavy payloads, NASA is building the Space Launch System, comprising of a cargo hold, an exploration upper stage, a massive core stage, and two extended solid rocket boosters. Altogether, this is the world's most powerful rocket, and it exceeds the legendary Saturn V of the Apollo era in numerous ways. Sitting on the launch pad, the entire rocket, fully fueled, weighs just over 6 million pounds, 5.2 million of which is just the fuel. Once ignited, there is no stopping what comes next. All four RS-25 engines and the two solid rocket boosters come to life, thundering our crew upwards. Two minutes after ignition, the solid rocket boosters are spent at least. Eight minutes after launch, the core stage is depleted and separated. The upper stage fires briefly, placing Orion into a parking orbit around the Earth. Here, the crew reconfigure the spacecraft and check systems to confirm everything is ready for deep space travel. With a go from mission control, the crew reignite the exploration upper stage engines to leave Earth entirely. The exact timing of this maneuver is critical to reach a speed that can escape Earth's gravitational pull, but also put Orion on a course that will intersect the moon days later. Once this burn is complete, the upper stage of the SLS is jettisoned and the crew aboard Orion coast for several days toward all that awaits them at the moon. Approaching the moon, 
we saw the fundamental differences between Artemis and Apollo. Instead of requiring Orion to serve as an expendable lunar command module or to carry a constrained lunar lander, the Artemis missions will take advantage of a different approach, pre-staging. Everything needed for lunar missions will be positioned in advance by commercial and international partners. This includes rovers, science experiments, and human rigged systems on the surface. But it also includes a dedicated lunar station in orbit around the moon called Gateway. Here at this station, we can pre-stage a robust lunar lander and establish a strong communications relay. Designed with open standards, the Gateway can be expanded as new missions and partnerships develop, allowing multiple human missions on the moon at the same time and enabling ongoing science to be conducted even between human missions. The Gateway is also capable of adjusting its orbit to allow access to every part of the moon, something the Apollo missions could not do. But the real key in this approach is placing Gateway in a unique halo orbit to perfect the maneuvers needed for Mars missions. And with the growing list of commercial and international opportunities, Gateway is the ideal hub between Earth and all that lies behind. Returning to our crew as they approach Gateway, the Orion must match the elliptical orbit of the station in order to successfully dock. Once on board, pre-selected crew members transfer to the lunar lander, while those assigned to Gateway remain on station. The lunar lander system itself is built for three unique steps. Descending from the halo orbit of Gateway down to a low lunar orbit, descending from low lunar orbit to the surface, and once the lunar mission is complete, launching from the surface of the moon and ascending all the way back to the orbit in Gateway. Once back aboard the Orion spacecraft and undocked from Gateway, the crew fire their engine once to break out of the halo orbit and once again to sling the spacecraft around the moon, placing it on a multi-day trajectory back towards Earth. As they near the end of this journey, the service module is released and the crew module is oriented heat shield first. Entering Earth's atmosphere at 25,000 miles per hour, the friction of air slows Orion considerably while also subjecting it to temperatures of 5,000 degrees. With the Orion now at just 300 miles per hour, a series of parachutes uniquely tested and produced for this moment deploy, decelerating the craft to just 20 miles per hour for splashdown. With each successful mission, Artemis ushers in the next wave of men and women to explore our moon and prove that together, we are ready to go beyond. And we are back. Let's first of all, your off. thoughts, Steve. Go go off on it. I know we watched this a couple of times. I want your full opinion on this. All right. First of all, I don't know how NASA defines deep space travel, but I don't consider the moon deep space. I, I agree. I agree. I'm not even sure I consider Mars deep space, frankly. I, <laughs> I think you got to get out past the asteroid belt before you even think about saying deep space uh, and then the, what really boggles my mind with this whole thing is like you watch the video and it's oh we're better than the apollo mission but you're basically using the same basic concepts mm -hmm. you got a big ass rocket with a little tin can sitting on the top of it that you know, three three astronauts or however many are going to be like this for a couple days to get to the moon. Uh, don't sign me up if that's how you're going to Mars. 
That, that month, that trip at the moment would take about 10 to 14 months. Agreed. Tin can, no way. I, it, it just bothers me that, you know, we had the shuttle program for decades. We couldn't take anything we learned from that and apply it to lunar travel. It's true. have an aircraft that you could maybe, you know, control a little bit. Fly a little bit. No, I agree. The only thing that I would say, the only thing that gave me positive vibes was the gateway where they talked about it being multidimensional. And as they grow, it could grow. So at least they're designing something out there that has the ability to grow. Because they were talking about how it grows like with, you could have more than four different, you know, space programs land at the same time. That some of the, I can see how they're, they're trying to make it better. The thing with the shuttle makes total sense. Like, I, I don't understand why they abandoned the shuttle program. That's something that NASA would have to, um, but I think to be honest, like learning from what Artemis is doing and knowing a little bit about the space travel that I've done throughout my, you know, not me, <laughs> learning about it. Say. Yeah, learning about it. Uh, rockets are important. I just don't know why it's the the absolute like that was something like someone smarter than me that knows about space travel. Why are rockets so important? Well, you because you got to get off, you got to get out of Earth's gravity. Yeah, well, you have I mean, a rocket on a, on a shuttle, but what I'm saying, why is the rocket the rocket with the little thing on it right. so important? Why did Apollo and why is Artemis using the same? What is that like? Like, what is the difference between that and the shuttle launches? That's what that's. I mean, you had the shuttle, and it was it was, uh, it was used for different purposes. It was it was it orbited the Earth. That's fine. It also looked good. It it did look good. Yeah, it, it looked sharp. good. Yeah. Um. But to me, that gave you more the impression of sort of control. You know, this is, we're going now back to, you know, the shuttle could land, you know, you had a landing strip, you yep. lined it up and you landed it. We've seen it. We've seen right. it. On the time. This yeah. is now we're going back to the thing from the sixties where you've got that little tiny tin can that's just sort of falling it's got and you need to deploy parachutes <laughs> and then you go and rescue the dudes out of the Pacific ocean. Yeah. Why are we going back to that? Why? That that we do not have the answer. We only report on it because we can. <laughs> right. We ask the hard questions here on two news. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. Like, I totally want to see a shuttle take off. Then, like, like I'm in Houston right now. I'm I'm not that far away from the. Like, if they were going to launch a shuttle, I probably could see it from where I'm at. Like right over there. It's probably right over there. But they don't do that anymore. Now they're apparently launching a rocket, which I will be at their, their Artemis's first launch. I totally promised children that we would go to that. So we are going to that. We're going to watch something go into space because cool. we're all about aliens. So we, uh, we had a flight to Disney World a few years ago and a guy kept looking out the window and we're like, what, what's so interesting? He's like, oh, the, the, they were launching some rocket. And we, we were going to be able to see it from the plane. Oh, that's like, Oh, that's so cool. And we're looking at it. He's like, what time's the launch? It's 7 o'clock. And we're watching. It's like 7 comes and 7.15, 7.30. It's like, where's the freaking rocket, man? And it turned out they had to scrub it because of weather. Oh. 
which is which is hilarious that NASA is um close to Galveston, which is off the Gulf of Mexico. Which no good, you know. I mean, it's a beach, but come on now, like the weather in you know east east southeast Texas. Come on, it rains all the time. It cracks cool. me up that NASA is here. Florida too. They're also in Florida. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it, where it, a lot of the shuttles took off from, if I'm not mistaken. It, it cracks me. Yeah. Uh, Cape, uh, what was it? Cape Cape Canaveral. Uh, Cape Canaveral, Cape Kennedy. I don't know which. There was yeah, there was a couple of them. Yeah, there was a couple of them. No, it was no. It's the same one. They just renamed it, and I don't remember Why what would they the current do that? version is. That's dumb. Yeah, it was Cape Canaveral when I was a kid. So you know what? <laughs> Done. I visited it. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's very awesome. Um, but I was I was much younger. I had less gray hair. Well, maybe we uh, maybe we need to get together. Maybe we'll just get together and we'll watch that uh, Artemis launch. Sounds good to me. We can get there. Sounds good. Should we? That's uh, a sharp little plane flight, and I got to drive four hours. It'll be great <laughs> to catch maybe. the flight. <laughs> to catch you, I have to drive. Ah, okay. uh, right. All right, well, let's get in. We're not doing a happy segment because uh, we're we're angry because the Sixers are out of the playoffs. The Phillies suck. The Flyers are out. The Eagles can't even wear their new jerseys until next year. Not this year, next year. Oh, next season? Oh, yeah, man. Because the NFL is a bunch of communists. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, so, can't, yeah, can't even get Kelly Green. So we're pissed about sports. So we're, we're, we're our pissed. happy segment is going to be dubbed, and I'll put it up on the screen, Pissed about sports. So <laughs> I thought this was going to be our yeah. airing of grievances. Yeah, but I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead this segment of, hey Steve, what do we need to change about sports? Let's start with hockey because that is where where we have our kinship and we both know a lot about the game. We both respect each other's opinions about the game. So let's. How are we going to change hockey to be a better sport? How are we going to change hockey? So, all right, we, we did talk about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, to me right now, the, the biggest issue, and I know you have a problem with the shootout. Yes, totally. I have, I have any, I have any issue with any sport that doesn't do overtime the way it did when I was a kid. End of story. <laughs> I'm going to be just, just blanket statement on that. So I, I agree. I, I'm not a huge fan of the shootout. Uh, it's a skills competition. I don't think it should decide a game, but it is what it is. At least let's just thank God they don't do it in the playoffs. They do it right. It's just true, true. over time until somebody wins, which I think is what makes it the greatest. Well, that yeah, that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Like no playoffs. Yeah, done. And the, the, as I recall, the Philadelphia Flyers hold the record for the longest modern era uh, overtime. It's the third longest all time, but the first two were like in the 20s or something. Is that the Keith Primo goal? Yeah, it was the Keith Primo goal. That was the longest thing ever. I finished a shift, went home, got Wawa, ate Wawa. Yeah, it was a long night. Yeah, it was. Uh, but but it turns out a couple years ago, the, uh, the uh, minor league affiliate, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, um, I believe played the longest uh, overtime game in AHL history, and they also won that. So you know, the Philadelphia f- area franchises. What a what a what a that was that's a gem of a stat right there. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You're, you're so, but but um, the problem I have is the way the standings 
um, account for overtime and shootout wins. I, I don't know that this is accurate because I don't follow soccer closely enough, but um, I think the way it should be is every game is worth three total points in the standings. Okay. If you win the game in regulation, you get all three. But if you need overtime or a shootout, you only get two and the other team gets one. I think that make making the regulation victory more important in the points part of the standings, I think would be good for the sport. The only thing, the only thing I, I, I love that idea. The only thing I would, I would combat that with is it should be, it should be three, two, one. Like that's how I feel about it. So, so if you lose in a shootout, you get zero, right? If you lose wow. in overtime, you get one. If okay. you lose in regulate, but no, it wouldn't work. Oh, hold on, wait a minute. Uh, it would have to be, sorry. I, I just, I went rogue there. So you have an overtime, right? So yes. you would get three points if you win in overtime. Or if you win in regulation, you would win, you, you would three. win three points. Right. So you would get one if you lost. If you lost, right. So the winner would get two and the other team would get one. So that's your three. Yeah, that's three that, points at stake. So that's how I think be, it would always be three points. Yes. So you would, you, so what I would do is a shootout would be two. No, no. Cause you have, cause if you, if you went all the way to a shootout and you lost, you don't deserve anything. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to take your idea and make it better. If you, if you win in a shootout, I'm not sure what you deserve, but you know, you deserve one point. Basically. One point. All right. So, okay. Shootout should, it should, should be one point. But if you, if you, I, I like your idea. Okay. So if you win in regulation three to zero, right. If you go yes. to overtime, it should be two, one. If yes. you go to a shootout, it should be one, zero. That's what I think. I think we could work with that. Cause it took yeah. you that long. Like, you, you're not working that hard. Like you didn't. It would also it would also make people play harder in overtime. Oh, I agree. I mean, you see overtimes and, and three on three overtime is great. I love it. But you see, like some teams will just hold on to the puck and play for the shootout. That's what that's, I'm saying they, because they got they know better, they're good at it. They got better players. But if you cut them two points out, they're gonna end it earlier. I think that that does with the speeding up of the game. I think I think we just figured out. I think I think we're right on that. All right, but thing, I know you have a different issue. So yes. my thing I want to get rid of, and please, please dissect it like like I did. I want to get rid of hooking up uh, the obstruction hooking and the diving. Because it either happened or it didn't. That drives me nuts about hockey. I think you, you need to explain that a little more. Well, you fight through the check. Like if the dude takes his stick and he grabs you by the waist and causes you to fall, but then you dive like you're flopping like SpongeBob, right? Two people shouldn't get a penalty for that. But if the hooking was committed. I understand the hooking is committed, but you nullify the hooking because you are a jerk and you <laughs> wanted to, because what were we taught when we were younger to fight through the check, right. the hook, the hook isn't impeding a player that is trying. That's a hundred. That's hockey one-on-one. The hook, no physical motion in hockey is preventing you 
if you're fighting through it. We know, Steve, you're like number one at that. You could have, you could have sold off all day in hockey and got power play after power play, but you were, you were an athlete in which that fought through most of the stuff. Dude, I've seen you get hit in places that most people would go to the emergency room immediately with, but you fought through it and it wasn't a penalty and you didn't embellish it, but then you, you shot a pass off and someone scored because you were playing the game. It's a part of the game to fight through the check. I understand the blatant. I've been chopped. chopped. I have my wrist broken while we played like, Mm. like from a chop, like that's a penalty. Like I can't feed myself for like for like six weeks because you hit me that hard. Can't, but can't eat left-handed. Yeah, exactly. But if you're you're grabbing me by the waist and I'm skating full on and I'm not lazy, I'll get through that check. And also, you're allowed to grab a stick and move it out of the way. That's not a penalty. They they tried to in the '90s call that holding. Well, <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> I understand your concern. I, I also agree that when you call to what bothers me is when they call the dive, but they also call a penalty, even though it really wasn't. Yeah, they got it. They got like either he embellished or he hooked. Like that's the way it needs to be. Like they need to, you can't call them both at the same time. That's the only thing I want to change. They, it cannot happen at the same time. Uh, there are multiple can't. circumstances. I would agree with that. It just can't. It can't because, because obviously, you know, like we've seen it with Sidney Crosby. Obviously, that dude wasn't ho- like the stick hit his hip and he jumped. Yeah. Like, not this shit on Crosby. Uh, he's a good player. I'm not trying to shit on any NHL player, but Ovechkin doesn't find himself in those categories. Lindros never found himself in those categories. Neither did Bernick. Bernick never found himself in those categories. They're just talking about a couple hockey players because yeah, they, divers. No, I don't know. Yeah, because they learn to skate through, like skating through. Like, does it hurt? I'll tell you from a hockey standpoint. Yeah, my for a long period of time when I played hockey, my hips and my back hurt a lot from taking a fiberglass stick to the back or to the front. Well, let's yeah, be hurt. fair. When you were playing, it was still wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm old. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so it hurt more. I'll take that. Exactly. That. I think it hurts more then than it does now, frankly. I hated the fiber because I was allergic to it. That was the worst, dude. When I got like one, like we get a rash on my arm, I'd be like, I gotta stop playing hockey. Yeah, I'm allergic to fiber less. It's weird. Right. Moving on, let's go to football. Football. All right. Football. Let's go right. football. I'll let, the, the I'll let you go first on this one. <sighs> okay. My, my only problem. My only problem with football is let the fat guys play. Edge rushers, defensive tackles, offensive linemen. I just let them play. The quarterback doesn't mean anything to me. I understand. Post-boy, everybody likes Tom Brady. Everybody likes Jalen Hurts. Everybody likes, you know, Kyler Murray. Everybody likes, you know, Patrick Mahomes. You want to see them do razzle-dazzle. You want them to throw them, whatever. I'm, do- I'm, I- I'm done with that. If if a defensive tackle breaks free from a center, there's no three-step rule. Dude weighs 300 pounds, right? It is what it is. It is what it is. If he 
has to take five steps and hits the dude because he can't slow his fat ass down, I'm totally okay with that. You play the position of quarterback, man up. You better learn. You better learn to throw the ball. That's that's my only. That's my biggest complaint. Like you can't ask a three hundred pound man to slow down. Rule needs to be changed. John you Madden would be it. proud of you. I think John Madden would be very happy with that. I'm. I. I. I, I honestly, that's all. It's all the rest of the. I know you have the best one. Oh, I didn't realize it was the best, but yeah, no, you have the best one. I picked that one because I just I want to see more hits. I want to see I want to see Reggie Bush get decleated more often. <laughs> well, that, well, here's an ironic thing about that. Reggie Bush got decleated by Sheldon Brown, a cornerback, yeah. not by a fat guy. No, but I want to <laughs> see that at the quarterback position. Oh. You can't release the ball. You need to be decleated. Oh yeah, it isn't the Valerie. It's football. I understand concussions. Trust me, I've had enough of them. So don't think I'm I'm acting like oh a man's man. Like what, dude? I trust me. I forget my address at sometimes. I've had enough concussions in my life playing hockey. I deal with some shit, so I'm not like out here trying to placate and and make up shit. I've been hit hard. I know. I know. I had to text my wife two weeks ago what my address was. Mm. Like, I understand concussions, but when you're playing, play. That's my whole point. Okay. Uh, my, my problem is I feel that offenses get bailed out way too often uh, by defensive penalties that automatically award a first down yeah um my change to the nfl would be you don't get a first down unless the yardage on the penalty moves you past the stick so like like an offsides or a uh or a false start that's uh, offsides and false start would be like a five-yard penalty or a 10-yard penalty if it results in a first down you're okay with Yeah, no. Well, offsides does. Offsides is one of the is one of the few I feel like defensive penalties that um, will give you five. You know, it's five yards, but it doesn't automatically give you a new set of downs. It's stuff yeah. like yeah. illegal contact. It's only a five yard penalty. Why are we giving an automatic first down for illegal contact? Well, you're saying yeah, the automatic first down is where you're going for. Right. Do do you agree with the the spot foul for the pass interference? Is that okay? That, that I'm fine with that because okay. the theory is the theory is if not for the interference, the guy would have made the catch. That's where the ball would have been. Makes makes that's sense. fine. But even there, even there, you know, if the if the pass interference occurred short of the sticks, I don't think you should get an automatic first down for that. No, you should get a spot foul. We should right. go to spot, spot foul. foul. And yeah. now it's second down and three yards or whatever to the, to the, to get the next first down. I know. I totally, that's why I thought it was smart because going the spot foul is probably the way the NFL should go. I understand they want the offense, but I don't yeah, think but- many, I, to be honest with you, I don't think many people want the offense. I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes throw for 975 yards. That's boring to me. I want, I want a good game. I want to watch and football. I, I don't, I, I feel like bad offenses get bailed out by dumb defensive, you know, holding is the same thing. 
Oh, holding. 10-yard penalty, but it's an automatic first down, even if it was third and 20. No. Okay. It's not it's third and 10 no. now. Let's go. Why isn't every penalty just five yards? Well, some penalties are more egregious than others, but. I mean, if you, okay, why don't we do, why, let me just put this out because we're, we're having fun doing this, right? Why don't we do this, okay? Every normal foul, this is like a fragrant foul in basketball. So you got normal foul, fragrant foul, fragrant two, right? So you got sure. three different versions of foul. So why not just do that in football? Five-yard penalty for nothing that's egregious. Something that's medium egregious is 10 yards. Something that is completely egregious is an automatic <laughs> first down. Doesn't that make sense? Uh, I might be able to live with that structure. I mean, I, I, I hate to dumb it down, but like I think like taking basketball in a way might – got, I got a ton to say about basketball. Oh, yeah. um, and I love basketball. But that I think if the NFL did the NFL did that, I think it would be good. You have common. I think soccer does something similar to that. Anybody, if you are a soccer fan and you watch this, please comment on and tell us about soccer rules. I would like to learn. I don't know the standings anything about thing soccer. too. Yeah, the I don't know anything that too. About soccer. So go Philadelphia Union. Yeah, exactly. I'm a total Union fan. I'm a kicks fan. I'm a I'm a, if you play in Philly, I'm a fan of you. Other than the Flyers. Oh, sorry. Sorry. They, they hurt me. <laughs> they hurt me. I'm all, I'm not just the NHL. I'm just a, just all of the NHL. They're all my babies. All right, if so the Flyers, gotta... if the Flyers have a great season, total, I totally, me and my son geek out about it all the time. Like with the last, the, the last one, like I'm totally involved. I just, they hurt my feelings. I can understand it's that. It's going to take me a while. Yeah. All right. So you want to go to the NBA now since we're yeah. using? Yeah, let's right, go NBA. Like... Uh, you first. All right. I like, so, I like your concept. All right. So I had two, which which were really kind of brought to a head with this recent Sixers run, mm-hmm. um, which were very sad. You know, number one C got bounced in the second round. Yeah. Terrible. Um, nobody to blame but themselves. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Other I, than I wanna... Joe. I don't play Joe. I want to preface this with with nothing I'm about to say is like oh well if this had been the case the six you know I want the Sixers to have won no this is what I'm about to say has to do with just me being able to enjoy a basketball game and the, the sure. fact that I learned about it through what happened with the Sixers has really no never mind so the first there's two one is the Hackabin strategy yes. Uh, obviously I don't like it cause it was against Ben Simmons and they were forcing him to take free throws and he's a terrible free throw shooter. Yeah. It was, it was, um, it was in it, it was an egregious version of Hackashack. Yeah. Because I, what I remember from Hackashack was Shaq had the ball. Yes. He would go to take a shot and they would foul him because they would rather him take the shot. Yes. And if people throw. remember Matt Geiger was a part of the Hornets just to beat the shit out of him. Right. That literally was his job because he was trying to dunk the ball and he would, he was, he was six fouls. Right. So get him to the free throw line. This so, what, the, what the, I, I saw it first in the wizard series. I don't know. Cause I was, I was very nervous about the Atlanta. I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Um, during the wizard series, it got to a point where 
the Sixers would inbound the ball to somebody and the Wizards would immediately look for Ben Simmons and foul him because they were already in the penalty. Yeah, just and touch him. Like, not even foul him. Like, they were just walking up and just kind of grab him. Just, you know. And the ball was over there in Mexico. Right. right. But because the foul was against Simmons, Simmons was the one who had to shoot the free throws. And my problem with that is I don't want to see dudes shooting free throws all the time. I want to see play. Yeah. I want to see action. And by every Sixers possession, them going and just fouling Ben Simmons, okay, within the rules, it's a great strategy, but it's freaking boring to no, me. It, as, make, as a it makes sense, but it's a dumb, it's a dumb rule. It's a it dumb, is a dumb rule. rule. It so is my totally change, dumb. my change, and I, I, I may be wrong about this because I don't, I'm not as familiar with NBA rules as, as others, but I think this happens in the last two minutes of the game. But my change would be at any time when you're in the penalty and you're fouling guys on the floor who don't have the ball, the team should be able to pick whoever the hell they want to shoot the free throws. I think that so makes- if you go, you go and hack Ben Simmons, I'm putting Seth Curry on the line. <laughs> okay. They're not going to do it. I, I honestly think that's the rule in the last two minutes. It may be. It, it is. Be, it is the rule, but they need to extend it longer because I think I heard that. Yeah, that is the rule. Like it only up until two minutes. Right. And then I think it should be, I think it should be full. Yeah, it should always be. But if you're in the penalty for 11 minutes, that's your dumbass fault. Exactly. To be in the penalty. So you, you, the team should be able to choose. Or or just always keep it on the guy you foul. If you don't want to pick a person it, when you're in the penalty, right? It's whoever you foul. Because teams will adjust to that and only inbound to the guys that are good free throw shooters. Well, if he has the ball, if the guy has the ball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they'll only inbound to the to the decent. No, no, no. What I what I, I thought you were changing. Uh-uh. Rule. What you're saying is only you can only foul the guy with the ball. Yeah, exactly. You can't days. off foul. You can't foul right. like that. Literally, in hockey, it's a little different. Like, if I tackled someone while you were on a breakaway, right? Yeah. Hockey's a little different. I would get the penalty. Your shot would be null and void, but then they would go on a power play. Right. Basketball kind of needs to use the three throws in that in that kind of. If you're gonna just hack somebody, dude with the ball takes the shot. Right. Yeah. To get fine. rid of that, because that yeah. would that's the way it is in hockey. Like if you're on a breakaway, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's null and void if I tackle somebody, right? Yes. It's not. He doesn't get a free shot. It's only, it's only, you know, the games are very similar, but they need to kind of learn from each other. All right. But now, so now we go to the second thing, which also has to do with free throws. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this was a little bit in the wizard series, but more so in the Atlanta series. Cause I think Trey young is, and he, the NBA actually named him as a primary offender of this. Yeah. Well, he Um, totally is. He, uh, he will like contort his body. Yes. To get a foul when there's really not a foul, and, and he'll he'll he will twist his body and lean into a guy and then throw the ball up like he's in a shooting motion. To As, when they're up, like like they're supposed to be, from what I've learned, when you're up, like straight up, straight up and down, right? They call fouls. I don't I don't like that at all. I don't and and to be again to be so this is not Sixer bias. 
No, no, Kobe. No, you pointed out. You pointed Kobe this out to me, and it, you're yeah. absolutely correct. Joel Embiid gets away with the same crap when he does that, what they call a swim move. Yeah. The guy's got his hand on him, and he, like, comes up like this. Yeah. The fouls yeah. on the guy no, who just – all he did was put his hand out. No, I think I think that's all our points with the whole – like, that, like, the the – that to the point, and then you throw the ball up in the air, that's not a foul. Agree. I, I don't think – I don't think it should be a foul – if the player with the ball is initiating the contact like that and this isn't this isn't new i mean reggie no, I miller I, then we didn't go back to the 80s to be honest with you well no like i said this is not new reggie miller was doing this crap when i was yeah. growing up i mean dude had the dude had the longest limbs i think i've ever seen on a guy. A- ai figured kick his out. leg out when he's shooting threes ai figured it out a long time ago and i figured out what they're all using now like ai was the 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 poster child for that he knew that if he got position on you and got your back foot going that he could lean into you and shoot it he didn't have to make it he could literally get you off your position because he was faster than you that's all that's they're just using. that's different that's no different. they're they're just using the tricks of bodying in the people it's evolutionary now they're now they're just jumping into you and throwing the ball up in the air just like joe like just like joe is literally taking the ball here he gets the ball here and then he goes and he's on the line he's a great free throw shooter everybody's like yay joe did it no that's ridiculous like i i when he goes to the line for that i i'm not a fan of that i mean he he gets fouled yeah he gets fouled legitimately enough as it is yeah. to get his free throws. He doesn't need to be doing that. Come on, LeBron threw him on the ground. <laughs> LeBron. Uh, he threw him on the ground and he only got two shots. He shouldn't be getting two shots for like doing that, but right. I right, so what... get it. he's also a, ba- he's also a basketball genius. Like, like Jojo's great. You know what I mean? Like but, he look, knows he, the game. he can do it at, you know he's doing it within the rules. Yeah. Fine. I I don't like it because I, I just don't like free throw shooting. But I that's the only that's the only thing I would change. I actually like most of the game of basketball. It seems very. I'm enjoying the playoffs, even though the Sixers aren't in. I was enjoying the playoffs when the Sixers were in. I'm enjoying it now. Like I, I wish to I to be honest with you, and this is going to be so controversial to Philly people. I wish the Knicks would have beat Atlanta. Because I would have rather watched the Knicks go for the title because they're such a great defensive team. And I've fallen in love with Ben Simmons, Thibel, uh Randall from, from the Knicks. The, the, the amount of defense that is being played in basketball now, I'm, I'm super excited about. I love locking down people. Like, I love it. It's it's just great to me, so I, I I you know, yeah I can dig it. The Hawks are gonna be the Hawks are gonna be you know good, but they don't play great defense, and that's the thing that I don't like about them. So hopefully hopefully I don't know what the Sun series is at this moment in my life. I don't know what the Suns uh, Clipper series is, but yeah, there's so many players going in and out of that. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that they either of those teams. I like both of those teams. They play well. And I like uh, whatever his name is, Giannis. He's 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 weird, but he can play. He's not a very good free throw shooter either. No, he's terrible. Uh, that's why he spends eleven minutes to do it. All right, baseball. 
All right. Baseball. I'm starting. I'm starting with baseball. Go baseball. for it. The one and only. The, okay. I got two, actually. Okay. Right. The two things that piss me off about baseball is the non-pitch intentional walk. <laughs> that pisses you off, really. Pisses me off to a level that I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't even want to fucking watch it at that point, right? Dude, throw, like, it's not your arm. Like, like this is the sissification of sports. <laughs> Having a catch with your dad doesn't blow your rotator cuff out, right? Like you're like lobbying for, but like, come on, it's the the pageantry of baseball that we grew up with, right? I understand it. it it's commercials. I get what they're trying to do, <laughs> but come on, dude, just pitch them out. Just I don't out. think. I don't think it was that particular rule was done to preserve pitchers' arms. I, I think, think it, it was, was. I think that's how pretentious it was. I thought it had to do with just speeding up the game because. But then either either of them, either of them are dumb. <laughs> it's called an intentional walk. How do you get a walk normally in baseball? He throws four pitches outside the strike zone. So if you're intentionally walking, you need to intentionally walk him. You can't just point at him and be like, walk him. Well, look, I'll give you, you know, it does take away the element of um, every once in a while. Yeah. During an intentional walk. That's the problem. Oops, what about out of my hands. What about a wild pitch? That could exactly. Maybe, getting to my next point, could get a runner from first to third that the game changes and speeds it up. You're just negating the the magical part of baseball. And my second thing I'm pissed at is late in the game, you're putting a runner on second. What did you, what did you do to deserve that? (laughs) Are you up? (laughs) Because if you're up, you could, you could have a runner on second, right? You're up. If you're up six to five, right? Maybe, maybe you get a runner. And the other guy doesn't because he didn't perform the same way throughout the game. And it's, it's this, but you're just doing it. Well, wait, 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 hold on. They only do it in extra innings. So it's got to be tied, but, but okay. Okay. So, so that's just an ESPN thing. Cause they don't want to waste time. Well, they put it in because they don't want really long extra inning games, which they feel the fans don't want to see. No, no, they it's don't taxing get on the players. They don't get ratings because we all got to go to work and they're pissed about that. So they speed it up. So they get more ratings. That's all that is. That's all. Baseball has been controlled by ratings for years. Who's that? Who's that? Mansfield. Is that the, is that the, Man, I think yeah, that's right. That Matt hates that dude. Does he really? Let me, let me just go on a tangent on that for a minute. Yeah. Matt hates that dude. Manfred. He, I think it's Man, Rob Manfred, right? Yeah. Whatever. Like, he wants a diamond cutter, that dude. He hates him badly. He hates him. I hate every every commissioner that's been in baseball for my entire life. Not a city guy, huh? Hate them all. Hate them all. They've done nothing but screw up baseball. They've taken baseball from the 1963, right? Mm-hmm. And just fuck the game. Yeah, the steroid era. You had, you had the the elongated games. You like, you had 
and Billy Bean had a thing, and then they, like they just like, they fucked it up. Like if like I could go back to like sixty three and watch a baseball game, which I have from from the Ken Bird documentary. If you haven't seen <laughs> Ken Bird's documentary, it's gonna take you eleven hours, but it's awesome. Watching baseball back then was amazing. I used to, when I was a kid, when I was sick, I used to watch the home run derbies that they used to do before ESPN, but they used to play them on ESPN. But they used to have them on network TV and they would talk to like the baseball players and they talked about how majestic it was. And I understand like baseball is an entire race of sport. Like they like forgot a generation of great players for a really long time. Thank God they figured it out now. Um, They should probably fix that. Like, I totally, I'm a probably a big, bigger fan of comparing those stats because the New York League was probably better than the MLB will ever be, but they played the game the same way is what I'm trying to say. Like back then the game was played the same way. It was small ball, whether black or white, like the New York League and the MLB in like 63, they were playing the game the right way. It wasn't all about the home run pop. It wasn't all about taking the pitcher out and bringing this blah, 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 blah. And definitely, I don't think in 63, they would put a runner on fucking second, no matter if it was the Negro League or the MLB. You know what I mean? Like, they would have played until it was fucking done. I think that uh, that sort of gets to my problem. I'm, I'm not – I'm a proponent of speeding up the game, and I don't really know – you know, putting a guy on second – does that in extra innings. I, I kind of wish they would put a clock on the pitcher to, you know, throw the damn pitch instead of staying in there, shaking off six pitches. But uh, to me, the biggest problem with baseball uh, currently, and yeah, everybody gets a guy on second base in extra innings, the inability of teams to score that guy is unbelievably poor it should take five seconds you should be able to bunt that dude over to third base and then hit a sack fly and get him home and score that run like 95 percent of the time that's what makes it so infuriating because it's simple basic baseball that's what but i'm saying that's the problem you would never do playing simple basic baseball analytics is telling them oh you need a launch angle with your with your swing because you got to hit it's it's got to be a home run or nothing because that's the that's the way to to win ball games and your pitchers have to throw high fastballs because that's how you get strikeouts and you need strikeouts you can't have ground outs and it just drives me insane and i you know ruben amaro caught a lot of flack in this town for some of the questionable decisions he made as general manager i hate that dude a hell of a television analyst for the phillies Okay, he does color commentary occasionally on some of the Phillies games. I've heard him. He's dude is good. sharp. Yeah, he's good. He, he gets is sharp. It. He gets it. He's a, was a f- GM, but he's a, he's a good. And you, yeah. we all find our places. Like I'm not a good, uh, I'm not good on the trapeze, <laughs> but I'm good at other stuff. You know what I mean? Like it, it's simple. Like you can't hate on someone. You know, Ruben Amaro, like you said, like genius like the dude knows baseball like he grew up in a baseball family he's he's philly a hundred a hundred yeah i welcome him home all the time as gm i hated that dude i had a fire ruben amaro facebook page back 
Wow. When Facebook was a thing before it became the communist regime of Facebook, when you couldn't do those things. Well, listen, the world is a better place for you not being on a trapeze, but. Uh, Thank God. I didn't <laughs> hurt myself. Morrow, Morrow was calling a game the Phillies were playing where they scored like seven runs in an inning. And it was all like singles and walks. Yeah. And Ruben's like, wow, you see that? You can score a lot of runs by playing normal, simple baseball. And John Crook, same way all the time. He's like, oh, I wish people would steal bases because, you know, (laughs) that would be a good way to score runs. But, you know, let me me tell you a very simple. And this is why I don't like Joe Girardi, but I like Joe Girardi. Um, At the same time, because he, he understands it because he did it with the Yankees, but he doesn't do it with the Phillies, which is bizarre. So when you got JT JT on first base, right? Mm-hmm. He runs better than every catcher in the league. Like he he maxes out on all like you can look this up. Just 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 if everybody's like no, you're wrong. Trust me, I'm right. He maxes out on everything. Okay? He's a max player. 100% on everything. Speed, agility, he's He's a better base runner than most outfielders. Why, when he gets a when he draws a walk, because he's a great eye, right? Why doesn't he try to steal second? Even a great knowing, running catcher is still a running catcher. But that's what I'm saying. Knowing that his bottom in the lineup can bunt him over, because you got like on the on the real lineup, you got Didi Degorius, you got. You got Segura, you got Bloom, you got Bryce Harper. They all know how to play baseball, right? Like, why can't these dudes just play baseball like they came up to play baseball? Just talking about the Phillies, like, why can't like why can't Bryce Harper draw a walk and JT Rumuto bunt him over, and then let Bloom single in the center and let Bryce Harper score from second? That's my I, point don't understand what and that's on Girardi because he did it with the Yankees I don't understand and you also like you have D.D. Gores you have so you have all dudes that know how to play small ball everybody has played small ball where they've come from all of them Girardi had Riomoto in the minors when he was with the Marlins so you don't know how to control your catcher come on that's my whole point. We it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Baseball has become such a TV sport and baseball needs to be not a TV sport. This is my whole ESPN thing. ESPN needs to go away. Well, unfortunately, the NHL is going back to ESPN, which doesn't make that, me happy. That's but... all. That's going to kill hockey even more. ESPN needs to go away. Like, go away. ESPN needs to go away. Anybody who watches ESPN, you don't know anything about fucking sports. I'm literally, if you're, if you take what those idiots say in a clip as what sports is, I'm done with that. Like the, the last, the last draw for me on ESPN was back when Brett Favre was thinking about retirement for like the fifth time. And they were like people outside his house, like, oh, Brett Favre took a dump today. Lawn? Yeah. <laughs> Brett Favre took a dump today. I wonder if that means he's going to sign with the Jets. I don't know. And it was like, 
And then let's just let's just pull Brett Farsgard. What did he do when he signed with the Jets? He got a sexual assault charge that got dropped because <laughs> he's an asshole. Brett Favre's an idiot. Let's just leave it on that. Let's go to the shameless plug. Fair enough. I like it. All right, John, where can people find us? So we are on uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Clapper, and Facebook. We're not on Facebook, but I just like to say it. Uh, there will be no things that come across. Uh, what we do is we cut short videos of funny segments or, you know, important segments to lead us to. Lead us to YouTube, which is the main channel. We would love for you to subscribe like Dr. IP does to the two noobs talking uh, channel. Also like share and comment on the videos. We want to hear from you and on the audio side, John, where can people find us? Apple Podcast is where you can find us. You can also find us on Google Chrome. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, but fuck them because they suck. Mm. Also, we have show notes. All the links to all the articles that are referenced here can be found at twonoobstalking.wordpress.com. The actual show notes are there. And if you put in your email, they will show up in your inbox the very next day, which you can't beat with a stick because it's metaphor and that's literally impossible. So I I don't have the show notes with me because I'm a cheap bastard and printing ink is expensive. So I can't do it. Matt, I don't know how he is in shooting those uh, free throws, if he's a Ben Simmons or if he's making them all into the trash can. We don't know. He doesn't tell us. (laughs) We don't. It's off camera. So, but exactly. Exactly. That wraps episode 39. John, you got anything final to say? Matt, we miss you. Uh, can't wait to see you. Uh, Two Noobs Talking uh, episode 40 is going to be me, Matt, and Steve having the time of our lives. So look forward to the next episode and please enjoy this outro. See you, everybody. This country was founded by genius. But it's being run by a bunch of idiots. Why do the members of the United States Senate continue to double down on stupid? <laughs>